0: Listening to Treasuring Scripture, a podcast of the Weekly Teaching Ministry of Lebanon Baptist Church, Roswell, Georgia. To learn more about our ministry, please visit us at lebanonbaptist.org. Life is about change. Um, If you're not careful, you can quickly become discouraged and disillusioned and hopeless if you don't see God in the change. And this morning, the study that we're going to look at is all about God working through the changes that the Apostle Paul was experiencing in Acts 16. And really, the entire book of Acts is loaded with this, Um, but I, I wonder what this chapter would have looked like if Paul would have not been willing to trust God through the changes. It would have been titled, The Tragedy of Wasted Opportunity. Because it can't, you can't have God at work if you're not trusting him. And as you'll see though, Paul trusted God through everything that he kept facing. And as we get into this study, I think it'll be an encouragement to you. I believe it'll be something that is fuel. And I'm sharing it because this is what God's doing in, in our heart helping us to see that that he is really the only thing we have. I mean, you can make plans. Sometimes I think we we can over-strategize to the point that we never get doing what we're planning to do. And, and I really believe what God wants us to do is as we plan, trust the Lord, and as he changes our plans, learn to run to him instead of forcing it or white-knuckling it or holding on and trying to make your plan work look to him and say, okay, God, what are you doing? What are you doing? And that's what we'll see Paul doing over and over in this study. So before we get into it, let's just pause and pray, and then we'll jump right into our study. Father, you are so good to us. We don't deserve it. We know that if we got what we deserved, we'd go straight to hell. But you and your mercy and your grace and your love chased after us and caused us to understand who Jesus is. Gave us hope through him, and all you ask is that we simply trust in you. It's not complicated. We can't figure it all out. We'll never have the strength to do what you want us to do until we take that first step of just looking to you and trusting you. So this morning, I pray that you'd help us to see clearly what you're looking for as we face changes, and we'll give you all the praise as we journey through this today. In Jesus' name, amen. So in Acts chapter 16, we're actually going to jump right into verses 6 through 10. And really, in these verses, you'll see um, that, and I really think you can see this jump out, that we must trust God to reveal his plan. Because Paul, you're going to see him, he's a planner, he was the team leader, and he had this this vision, what he wanted to see done. But as he went forward, you're going to see that that things didn't go the way he was hoping. And, And look with me now, it says, When they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia, so here's the first part. Paul had this plan. He saw Asia as the target. He knew that this place needed the gospel, that there were so many people there, all with confused religions, and he said, let's go there. And the Bible says, the Holy Spirit forbid him. So there's the first kind of roadblock. And when they had come up to Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So here it's even more direct. Jesus himself is like, nope, this isn't the plan. So Paul said, okay, let's go this way. And Jesus is like, no, that's not what we're going to do. So passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there urging him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go on into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. And as I, as I looked at that, I was just thinking about how God delights in his children making wise decisions. He wants us to look to him for wisdom. Even though we may have experience or we have skill or we have understanding in something, he wants us to hold our plan loosely and look to him for wisdom. And we make our plans to the best of our ability, but then we look to God to either open or close the doors. That's, that's basic. But I'm convinced that that, that God has designed the process of decision-making to be a combination of that careful thought and research, and then along with absolute dependency on him to guide. And and what happens is um, often we make our plans and then we bulldoze our way until we get our plan to work instead of actually pulling back and looking and saying, God, why, why am I sensing this resistance? And what often happens when we bulldoze or force our way is frustration and disappointment or being just absolutely fatigued and overwhelmed with, with the amount of Energy you're having to put into this thing to make it happen. And, and what happens is eventually we wake up. But before the Lord can turn us, often He has to stop us. And God never closes one door without opening another, He's always working, but we have to pause long enough for Him to show us. So um, when you're stopped and you don't have anywhere to turn, and all your plans change, don't panic. Um, don't abandon ship. Take time to get alone with God. Say, Lord, what are you doing in this? I, I, I want to do what you want. I, I'm just usable in your hands. I, I don't, my plan is here, but I'm, I'm willing for whatever you want to do. And, and I, I love this story because it really does show us that... Um, God is absolutely working through all of this. And I think about Paul and his experience when he went to Macedonia. This was actually the start of the Philippian church, this trip. When he went there, that was where Philippians, the the Philippian church came from, from this trip. And I think about what he wrote to them later in Philippians 1-2. He said, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me, and this is written from a prison He's writing to the church. He said, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. His, he realized okay, plans changed. I'm here now in jail. But guys, don't get overwhelmed, don't freak out, because God is at work. He's doing something. The gospel is going to be proclaimed. And, and I believe that um, this was the thinking that was born out of Paul's experiences from these kind of experiences in acts. The, and acts. And when the Spirit stopped him, he actually listened. He didn't force his way forward, and those lessons matured him to think like that when later he was thrown in jail. He could look and say, okay, God, What are you doing? And I love that. And you'll see that over and over in Paul's life. Um, But this is really the secret to a joyful Christian life and I think about Philippians 4 where Paul again he writes to these Philippians and he said not that I'm speaking of being in need for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content I know how to be brought low I know how to abound in any and every circumstance I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger abundance and need and then he says this I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Paul learned the secret is not to do it in your own strength, not to force your plan, but to pause and look up and say, okay, God, I desperately need your help. And I think that is so important as you think through your plans, even your future plans, where I'm going to go to college, who I'm going to marry, what am I going to do with this job situation? What about um, this health crisis I have or this problem in our family? What am I going to do? And as you face those things, don't miss what God's doing by forcing it or getting all depressed or getting all self-focused. Look to him. That's when he goes to work. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. No matter what it is you're facing, you can do it through Christ. And I love that. But then the second part of this study is really focused on trusting God to open hearts. And in this this passage of scripture, you're going to see Paul actually, um, it's a story of three different people who hear the gospel and are changed. And what I love about this story is it shows us the the difference between these people. They're vastly different. They're not all cookie cutter people. They, you'll see each one of them were very unique. So finally, they get to the destination, and the team looks around and they're like, "Okay, let's go find where." This was their strategy here. It says on the Sabbath day. Um, on the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate to the riverside where we, were suppo- where we supposed there was a place of prayer and we sat down and spoke to the women who had come together. So here, um, they finally get to the destination and the team said, let's go find where people are worshiping. They went to the religious people. And, and I want to ask you about people you know here in your neighborhood at your work in your life that are religious but don't know Jesus because that's exactly what these guys were walking into religious but don't know Jesus I think about um when I went to Salt Lake City this summer and seeing and talking with so many um, people who had found Jesus even though all their life they'd been very religious good people but they discovered the hope of Jesus. Because these guys, the, the Salt Lake City team, went there with the mission of going to a religious place, seeking people that were looking for God, but didn't know Jesus. And I wanna just encourage you, no matter how religious they seem, no matter how devout they may be, there is hope because God delights in doing this. Someone in your life is actually saying, God, I want to know you. And maybe they're saying it like Allah or they're talking to some other God, but they're looking, they're hungering, they want to know. And don't let the facade of their religion make you nervous to the point that you don't have courage to share the truth about Jesus because that's how God works. And that's exactly what we see here. The story goes on, um, verse 14, one who heard us was a woman named Lydia. From the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple goods who was a worshiper of God, the Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. And after she was baptized in her household as well, she urged us, saying, if you've judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. So here Paul had gone down there, and that was their plan, and sure enough, God was at work. I don't know if you saw it, but the Bible says the Lord opened her heart her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. Listen, it's God's business to open the heart. You can't force it. You can share it, but you cannot force it. And the more you try to force it, the more you're going to get frustrated and frustrate the other person. If God is in it, he is working. And what happens is as you pray, God goes to work. I don't really understand it. But I do know that prayer is an integral part of this. And here you see this woman sitting there listening. She's a prosperous businesswoman. Her name is Lydia. Um, She was a seeker, she was a God seeker, but she didn't know Jesus. And the Lord opened her heart. And when she heard the truth about Jesus, she believed in Jesus and she was baptized. I love how quickly the the New Testament shows us baptism takes place. You don't have to get to a certain level in your Christian life to be baptized. Baptism is not for the elite spiritual. It's for those who just simply have said, Lord Jesus, I want you to come into my life and change me. And then the immediate next step is baptism. There's no requirements. It's belief in Jesus and baptism. And that's exactly what, what happened here. And I loved seeing these, uh, these people that today, just the precious testimonies and the lives of these people who God is working on and, and is helping them in the journey and doesn't mean perfection. But listen, I just love the simplicity of the gospel. I love how when we went there was no free food. There was no gimmicks. It was just the gospel. Starting in Genesis, moving to the cross. People hearing their heart being changed because God opened their heart. And I believe that's the same thing that's going to happen in Just by building relationships, showing love to them by learning their language. What will happen is the gospel will have fertile soil to be able to be spread and, and suddenly there will pe- be people who are hungering and their eyes are opened and God will change their heart and the same thing is true in your lives all around you people know that, that that you are a believer and this is really such a huge opportunity for you. Listen, the gospel is so simple. I love to say it's like the ABCs. You admit you're a sinner. You believe that Jesus is truly who he said he was, that he's God the son. He came to this earth, died on the cross, was buried and rose again from the dead. And now he went to heaven and he's offering anyone who will simply believe and confess him as their Lord that they they can have eternal life with him. It's admit, believe and confess him as your Lord. And I don't know even if you're here this morning Maybe you've heard all this all your life, but God is the one opening your heart. That's what it takes. God opening the heart. And maybe you're here today. And I want to just tell you, it's not complicated. You know what it is? It's simply you bowing your head. You can even be driving. Bow your heart. Lord Jesus, I've chosen my way my whole life. I've been the king. I want to give you my heart today. I believe, Jesus, that you are who you said you are, that you died on the cross and was buried and rose from the dead, and I confess you as my Lord. I want you to take my life and change me. I can't do this. Help me, Lord. That's it. There's no magical prayer. It's just you talking to him, admitting, believing, and confessing. Isn't that cool? It's the simple truth of the gospel. You don't need all the fancy stuff. It's awesome to have nice stuff, but it's the basics that changes lives. And so as we get busy sharing those basics with people around us, God goes to work. But as we get lulled to sleep by all our stuff and our games and all the shows and all that, we miss the mark. We don't share our faith, the simplicity, the simple truth that changes lives. And so I want to encourage you this morning. Here Lydia heard it, she was changed. The next uh, section, we're going to really put it in high gear, the slave girl. This girl, look at the story. As we were going to the place of prayer, they went back there again. We were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination brought and brought her owners much gain by fortune telling. She followed Paul and us crying out, these men are servants of the most high God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. And this she kept doing for many days. Paul, having become greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very hour. This is probably a young girl, probably a teenager. She's nameless. She's powerless. She doesn't want to know God. She's not seeking God at all. She's hopeless. This is the girl that when you saw her, you'd kind of turn away because you think she's going to hate you. She doesn't care about anything but herself. And this girl was even possessed so scary, but she had a power that she could for, fortune tell. She, could, she, she had the power of divination, it says. And here, she was owned by a, a master who was making a profit on her. Totally opposite spectrum from Lydia. Lydia was seeking God. This girl doesn't even have a name and had zero hunger for God. But I love the power of the gospel. It reaches into the hardest of hearts, and it can actually just disintegrate Satan's attempts to control that person. And if you have someone in your life that you believe is absolutely, completely uninterested in God, God can break through that wall. That's the power of the gospel because our God is the one who controls all things. He's, in pow- he's, in, he's, he's shaping and molding each of our lives and what we have to do is we have to stay willing. We have to stay clean so we can share our faith with those he's bringing in your life. Well, I love that story because here, this woman was absolutely changed immediately. And what happened was her owner got ticked off his money-making girl was gone now and he was mad he didn't care about anybody but himself and his wallet so he began to lie about paul and silas and the guys and as a result those lies were spread paul and silas were thrown in jail but guess what god was at work and you're going to see this paul and silas uh, look at verse 19 it says, uh, but when her owners saw that their hope of gain was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the rulers. And when they had brought them to the magistrates, they said, these men are Jews and they're disturbing our city. They advocate customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in attacking them and the magistrates tore the garments off them and gave orders to beat them with rods. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. So here, Paul and Silas realized that even in this, this horrible situation, God was working something along his plan, and this was part of the plan. And I love that Paul and Silas didn't lose focus. You saw what they were doing. They were praying, and they were singing, and there were jail- the, the, the prisoners were listening and i believe the jailer was listening too because as you see god go to work you're going to see that he he was working in the jailer's heart too we see this wasn't a random bad thing that happened god was working now listen god is not the author of bad things He's not the author of, of the evil in this world. He allows it and then he'll turn that right in Satan's face to bring something beautiful out of the horrible thing Satan's working. Satan's trying to destroy and stop and ruin any hope for anyone to trust in Jesus and any of us to continue to walk with the Lord. But God, if we look to him, will turn that straight in Satan's face and bring beauty out of the ashes. No matter how messed up a situation looks, God is at work. Don't panic. Don't give up. Keep your eyes on Jesus. That's when he goes to work. So the Philippian jailer is the target. God was at work. And I'm sure the other prisoners were there, uh, were part of that. But this guy was the main guy. Look at this. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bonds were unfastened when the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open he drew his sword and was about to kill himself did you get that he literally was about to kill himself um, supposing that the prisoners had escaped I'm terrible with this thing. I should have let them click it in the back. Uh, I apologize for that. But Paul cried with a loud voice, do not harm yourself for we are all here. And the jailer called for lights and rushed in and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and washed their wounds and he was baptized at once. He and all his family. And he brought them up to his house, set food before them, and he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in God. And here you see the third guy, just probably a rough, tough guy, prison guard. He, again, wasn't a seeker of God. He probably finally reached the level of being a prison guard, which was kind of a good job for, for someone that age, but it had its price tag. If, if the prisoner got loose, it meant you're dead and your family's dead. So when the earthquake took place, he didn't want his family to die, so he was going to kill himself. And Paul stops him, and immediately the guy, what is his first words? What must I do to be saved? You know why I know that he heard them? Because they'd been probably praying and saying, Lord Jesus, thank you for saving me. Thank you for giving me hope, changing my life. And then they would sing songs like, maybe they didn't have a Getty song back then, but he will hold me fast. They were singing something and they were listening and it was something that really gripped their heart. And that's another little secret in trials, pray and sing. Go to the word pray and sing and you'll find God to be your rock but not only that but you're going to see the gospel oozing out of your life to influence many others and that's the beauty of the gospel God delights in using the struggles for his glory and for your good as you trust him when trouble comes remember God is at work Listen, the last part of 16, Paul and Silas are there and the magistrates come in and they're like, let him go. And, and Paul even insisted, he, he was thinking gospel. He's like, no, I, don't, don't let me go yet. You guys did me wrong. And so I want you to set this straight. I want you to apologize. And it wasn't because he was being like, I'm right, you're wrong. He was doing it for the sake of the gospel. He knew that if they would come and make this right, they, what would happen is they wouldn't bother them anymore. He did it so that the gospel could continue forward and that's how this chapter ends um they went they were they were released they went and saw lydia again and those believers there they went to see the brothers that trusted jesus which means there was already momentum happening and the church was formed here and i love how god takes really tough stuff and turns it into incredible things if if we trust him So this morning I hope this encourages your heart and as we pray, let's just really surrender our lives to the Lord and we'll finish up this morning. God, thank you for your word that it is alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword and it's able to help us when things are going well and when things are not. And I just pray that we would trust you, Lord. Thank you for every person here. I pray for your blessing on them. I pray for this church that you will continue to protect them and help them through each of the different things they face. We love you, God. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name, amen. That we trust you, Lord. Thank you for every person here. I pray for your blessing on them. I pray for this church that you will continue to protect them and help them through each of the different things they face. We love you, God. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to Treasuring Scripture. It's our desire that every Christian treasure God's Word in their heart. To follow our podcast, please hit the subscribe button. If you're interested in learning more about our church, please visit lebanonbaptist.org.